0: I'm Wes Abram. This is the Out of the Park podcast series from the Fran Park Center for Faith and Life. Over the course of the last several months, we've had an occasional series of podcasts on themes related to the common good in cultures of conflict, of pluralism, of anxiety and dislocation. How is it that ideas of what we share in common across differences how self-expression can be used in the work of nonviolence, how ministry of the church proceeds committed to concerns and the well-being of those outside the church as well, how we can construct ideas of the common good as a way of vibrantly thinking about how we move forward together, not just here in America, but also internationally. Last couple of days, we've been uh, very fortunate to have here at Pinnacle Presbyterian Church visiting with us the Reverend Dr. Mitri Rahab, who is currently the president of Dar al Kalamah University in Bethlehem, and that's not Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, that's Bethlehem, Palestine, where Christ was born, as they like to say it. Dar al Kalamah University, where hope was born. Dr. Rahab is a Lutheran pastor, was for many years the pastor of the Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem where the role of education in promoting shared goods and the common good in Bethlehem in a space of conflict and pressure and a space often of despair where their work in education, in crossing lines of difference, is the work of the gospel. That has led to the founding of Dar al-Kalama University, the only university in Palestine that is solely devoted to arts and the preservation of culture, with now, I understand, five schools uh, offering programs across disciplines in arts and culture and culinary arts and music, artistic expression, arts management, entrepreneurialism in the arts as well. An extraordinary effort that we at Pinnacle are privileged to support. We've been in conversation with Mitri over the last couple of days, and I'm glad to have you with us, Mitri, to talk a little bit more about your work and the ideas of the common good. Welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's great to be with you, Wes.
0: Tell us a little bit more about Dara Kalama and how... That university came to be born out of the ministry of the Lutheran community in Bethlehem and what it means to the world today. Yeah, thank you
1: for having me. Actually, when I was a pastor at Christmas Lutheran Church in the 90s, I felt that as a church, we cannot just work within the walls of the church, This then is not church anymore. It could be a club or whatever, but a church has to have an outreach ministry. And thinking about outreach, what to do, where to focus, we started with programs to empower women so that they can have skills and maybe have income and be independent financially. And so this is how we started, and this developed with time to become a two-year community college. Then seven years later, a college that offers bachelor degrees. And since last year, we are a full-fledged university. Dal-Kerim is the first and only university in Palestine with this focus on arts, culture, design, and tourism studies. You
0: are a Palestinian Christian. I think there are some in America who don't understand that there is a Palestinian church, though we also know that Christianity, as a movement of people following Jesus, began in your neighborhood. Tell us about the, if you can, and just quickly about the continuing Palestinian church and all its expressions.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you said, Christianity actually started in Palestine. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Palestine, not Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. The Bible... Did not originate in the Bible Belt. Thanks God. It really originated in Palestine. And for the last 2000 years, there has been a Christian presence, though this presence actually is diminishing with time because Palestine have been living under one occupation after the other. I mean, Jesus was born under Roman occupation. Then we had the Byzantines, the Arabs, the Crusaders, the Ottoman, the British, and now the Israeli occupation. And this is tough to live in a context like this. And so today, the percentage of Christians in the West Bank is 1.7%. Inside Israel is 1.3%. And in Gaza, there are less than 1,000 Christians left, which means we know within this generation, Christianity will cease to exist in Gaza. And Gaza actually used to be one of the mission hubs in Palestine. So it is a sad story. And yet, we are committed to staying there because we believe it will be a shame if the Holy Land will become something like a Christian theme park where you have all of these ancient shrines but no living and witnessing and
0: vibrant community. But it sounds to me that you are more than committed to staying there. You're committed to continuing outreach, to continuing to deepen and strengthen the Christian community through the work that you do. I'm curious to know a little bit more about how you have seen the work of higher education in arts and culture to be an expression of Christian witness. And I know part of that is that Christians and Muslims, in your context, are studying together. But I know it goes deeper than that for you. Could you talk a little bit more about how this work to you is strengthening the church in Palestine? Yeah, let me
1: give you one of the recent examples. Last year, we conducted a study about the church-related organizations in Palestine. Believe it or not, there are 296 church-related organizations in the West Bank and Gaza. If we take them together, they constitute the third largest employer in Palestine, the largest employer being the government, the second employer being the UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Work Agency working in the refugee camps, and the church-related organizations, they are the third largest, employing around 10,000 people, They inject into the Palestinian economy between four to five hundred million dollars a year. They run one third of the health services in the West Bank and Gaza. But what we found out in this study is that when we looked at leadership in these organizations, we found out that many of these organizations have either very old people who do not want to step down, or people who were not skilled. They were given this position just because they belong to this church or that church. And actually, from that study, we thought 20% of these organizations will not be able to make it to the next decade because they lack skills, they lack vision, they lack mission, they lack management. And so what we did... We tailored a new master program under the title Management of Cultural Institutions, though cultural institutions actually originally was intended to be Christian institutions, but We didn't want to have a master just for Christian institutions because we wanted also these Christian leaders to be in contact with Muslim leaders and to create that network that will be important for the future. And so now we are offering this new MA. 17 Christian organizations send people like in the middle management. So this will bring a new vibrancy into the church through education.
0: In doing that, what have you experienced with having Christian and Muslim students studying together as they think about preserving and managing cultural institutions? Has that been a work of peace? Have you seen points of tension? How have you seen that develop? And I'm assuming in that that you might be the only university in the area doing that particular work.
1: Right. If you look at our university, 76% of our students, but are Muslims, 24% are Christians, 62% are women, which is for us really important. And I think it will be the death of the church if the church will isolate itself behind walls, not engaged in the society, in the common God, I mean, the common good is really where the church has to be very active, very vocal. The work of justice, we cannot do that alone. It has to be done with Christians, Muslims, and even Jews, because when it comes to justice, people who believe in justice have to work together. And so this inclusivity, inclusive of gender, of religion, of social background, cultural background, is key because, for me, the university provides actually like a model how the Palestinian society could and should look
0: like. You, in Bethlehem, you do this work behind a wall. Some call it a separation barrier. It's a wall. It's not permeable very easily. It takes a long time to get through, and you need a permit to go from Bethlehem on the other side of the wall into Jerusalem or to have ties even to the Israeli Arab community as well as the Israeli Jewish community. Have you found in the work of the university ability to work on both sides of the wall? Do you have ties on the Israeli side of the wall? How has that been for you over these last few years? Definitely we have close contacts with
1: Palestinians inside the Green Line, especially in Galilee. In fact, we have at our university also Palestinian students from Israel. Mm -hmm. Right now, this semester, we have six students. Two students this year are from the Golan Heights. Imagine they come every week from the Golan Heights to study with us. These are in the master program. But it's amazing because also the Palestinian society was fragmented by the occupation. So people in Gaza cannot come to the West Bank. People in the West Bank cannot go to Jerusalem without a permit. And so you have like five different kinds of Palestinians. And for me, the university is one place where everyone comes together. Because also we have now a training center in Gaza. Mm -hmm. We wanted to create this bridge also between the West Bank and Gaza. So, building bridges at this time is important. Also, having connection to Jewish groups who commit themselves to justice and calling for the end of occupation Mm -hmm. is
0: also important. So, there are international connections as well. Right. What about the arts and your emphasis on the arts? What have you seen and what is your conviction about the role of the arts in promoting common good, in promoting self-expression across differences, and the work of reconciliation, justice-making, gospel witness?
1: You mentioned self-expression, and this is important when you deal with arts and culture. You know, often our students, when they come, their dream is to become a very famous artist. But then when they graduate... They understand that art is real about themselves and they never ever had a chance at school or at home or in the society to deal with themselves, to see what emotions they have and what questions they have that are not answered. And this is what we help them to understand because we want to have free individuals who can think for themselves who are critical, Mm -hmm. critical of what they hear, critical of what they see, critical of all the myths that are there in a context of conflict. They have to learn how to deconstruct all of this Mm -hmm. and then to build something new. Without this, there is no democracy. So art is an important ingredient for any democratic society. This is one. Yes. But secondly, art is important for any free society. And I tell you, mm-hmm. there are things that cannot be shown anywhere in the West Bank except at our university. Just to give you an example, you know, we had one student doing something. He's gay. And, you know, we have in Palestine many gay people, but Mm -hmm. it's all hush-hush. Nobody talks about Mm -hmm. it. But everyone knows it is there. And he did an art project about himself and about him being gay. And the teachers were all very afraid. How can we show this? Can we show it? Mm -hmm. Then they came to me. Their assumption was, as a pastor, I will say, no way we can show anything like this Mm. in in our university. And I said, the most important value for me at the university and in life is freedom. Mm. And so if we don't give this young man the space to exhibit what he thinks and feels, where else would he go? Mm -hmm. And so creating a space like this, even touching on issues that are very difficult for me is important. And yeah. when I do yeah. that as a pastor, that is a statement in itself because unfortunately most of the priests and pastors in our region are so conservative. Yeah. But for me as a Christian, freedom is the most important value. That is for me as Palestinian, but also for me as a Christian and for me as a human. And so if we can create these spaces where people can feel
0: free, that is important. You know, you were talking about the relationship between self-knowledge and self-expression. You know, I have a son who is a musician and has a degree in music from the Berklee College of Music, where it's all music and all arts. And he tells a story of when he had a valued teacher when he was at university who at one point took him aside and said, you're a good player, but you'll never be a great player. You'll never be fully yourself playing until you work on yourself, until you understand yourself better. And he said, you go find out who you are, and then you will know how to be a better artist. Exactly. And it seems like that's the journey you're talking about helping students take. Exactly. In a land where there's not a lot of freedom for that without turning to rage. So which leads me to wonder about that work that you're describing also as a work of promoting both justice and nonviolence, promoting peace and reconciliation in a way, and how that internal journey is also part of the external journey. Yes? Am I hearing you right? Definitely. I mean, because
1: art could be also a very important tool for communication. Today, for example, it might be difficult to have a public lecture on Palestine. Mm-hmm. But you can have an exhibition of Palestinian artists that tells the story in a much, much more creative way, and it will get into the discussion, a new group of people that otherwise will never come to hear anything about Palestine. The same is with film. I mean, when I look at the films that our students are producing, amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Wissam. He comes from the refugee camp, which is the largest refugee camp in Bethlehem, and he did a film called Ambiance that talks about life in the refugee camp, and that film won the third prize at Cannes Film Festival. Mm. And so imagine from the refugee camp to the red carpet in Cannes, this is the transformation that I'm talking about, and now his film talks about Palestinian reality, but in a very creative way. Right now, one of our students, his film got accepted at one of the leading film festivals in France. It's a 5 minutes film. In Arabic, it's called Sirri Mirri, which is like a proverb saying young people who keep wandering around. But Sirri is also Siri on the mobile. And so it's about the life of young people in Palestine. They ask Siri siri take us to the beach Hmm. and then siri tells you as palestinians or whatever you cannot go to the beach siri take us to jerusalem and then you have the wall you know it's a five minutes very funny film but it tells really in a very creative way about the life of young people in palestine much better than a lecture of two hours five minutes I think I shared with you, u s about this film, The Present, on Netflix, where eight of our students also worked on that film and camera and et cetera. Yeah, so giving the young people tools to communicate their story with the world in a creative way is important.
0: When you finished your time in congregational ministry in the congregation in Bethlehem in order to devote more time at the university... In light of all you're saying today, did you feel like that was a leaving the ministry or a fulfilling of your ministry? Tell us more about how this relates to your work as a Christian pastor.
1: Wow, that's a very good question.
0: I think ministry
1: has different facets. When I was the senior pastor at Christmas Southern Church, I enjoyed every second of it. I never, ever regretted being a pastor there. I learned lot. I grew, but I think with time, I felt time has come to move on with my life. What I'm doing now is ministry, I think, in a much more powerful way, because, I mean, you know, with the church, you had, you know, these 250 members or whatever you were ministering. And after 30 years, I said, look, Mitri, what you had to say, you said it. Either people got it or not, that's not under your control. But imagine if every year you have 250 new students coming to the university and you have a chance for four years to help shape their thinking, help them to find themselves, help them to develop their skills, to grow hope, And I tell you, this is so rewarding, being with all of these young people. It's amazing. Maybe because I'm getting older and (laughs) I feel I need to be among young people. But I think I see with these young people the transformation much more than I saw it within the congregation.
0: We all have a lot to learn from the work that you do, whether there or here. I hope that we have a chance to do this again. Our guest today has been the Reverend Dr. Mitri Rahab, the president of Dar Akalama University of Arts and Culture in Bethlehem, Palestine, talking about the role of arts in Christian witness, the role of the church in Palestine and how we promote common good across differences through the kinds of work that he does. Thank you so much, and bless your work. Thank you. Thank you, Wes, for hosting me. Thank you. Be sure to join us for other podcasts in the Out of the Park series at the Fran Park Center for Faith and Life. Thank you for joining the Fran Park Center for Faith and Life in Scottsdale, Arizona. Check out our website at www.franparkcenter.org for more information about programming, podcasts, webinars, and and upcoming events.